Hello, welcome to God's Pathway Life for You. I'm your host, Dave. Today we're talking about Matthew chapter 18. Well, hello, and thank you for returning to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Matthew chapter 18. But before I get started, I'd like to say a little prayer. Lord, Father in heaven, please hear my prayer. Please help us to truly understand the word, to let your word live in our hearts every day, to guide us and to comfort us and to redirect us and to conform us into your son's image. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you always got to start your Bible study with a prayer. Ask God to cleanse you and wash you and make you whole and have the Holy Spirit ready to go when you start your Bible study. That way you get a good understanding. So let's go ahead and get right into this chapter 18. I think this chapter 18, we're going to talk about the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And uh, so let's get right into this. At the same time, there came the disciples to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child to him and sat him in the midst of them. And he said, Truly I say to you, except you be changed and become like a little child, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. For whoever shall therefore shall humble themselves as this little child, the same is the is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now when he's talking about a little child, he's talking about Christians. He's not talking about the lost. He's talking about the Christian people. And whoever shall receive a little child in my name shall receive me. He's saying if you ever receive a Christian in your home or your life, your job or whatever, you receive Christ, because Christ dwells in that Christian. But whoever offends one of these little ones, which believes in me, if it, would, it'd be, it would be better for him to hang a millstone around his neck, and he'd be uh, drowned in the deepest sea. He's talking about like the Joel Osteens and the Cleft Dollars and those uh, false, uh, false teachers and false pro- uh, preachers out there. There's a lot of people out there that the world system is evil, and we're not against people. We don't hate people. You don't hate people. You can dislike the things that people do, but you don't hate the people. We're in this battle, the spiritual battle against is spiritual warfare, against powers and principalities in places. So when he's talking about that, you know, <clears throat> where was I? I lost my face. And whoever shall uh, offend one of these little ones who, which believes in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hung about his neck and that he was drowned in the deepest part of the sea. So he's talking about the false teachers and false prophets that lead, that lead Christians astray because there's a group of people out there in the world that that's their job is to take Christians and, and lead them astray and, and take them away from God. Seven, woe to the world. Because of offenses, wrongdoings, for it must need be, it is necessary that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offenses come. You know, everybody's, you know, everybody gets offense. Everybody does wrong. But, the you know, when you get done wrong too, you know, you should take that and put it in your little backpack. I call it the Christian backpack. And, and forget about it. Forget that, forgive that person, forget about the wrong, take that wrong, put it in your Christian backpack and forget about it. And then on the day, 
you stand before the Lord, he'll reach inside your backpack, he'll pull out that wrong, and he'll write it right there for you. But offense comes from the person who's offending. You know, he's talking about the people who are offending these Christians. It's better for them as woe to those guys who offend Christians because they're going to stand before the wrath of God. Eight, wherefore, if your hands or your feet offend you, oh, here comes, he's talking about offenses, about the Christian lifestyle. So, you know, if you're being offended, so woe if your hands or if your feet, a foot or offend you, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter life halted or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be casted into the lake of fire. You know, uh, we take in a lot of negative, a lot of negative stuff in our life, and those negative things that we put into our life almost become like a part of us, almost like a foot or a hand or an eye. And kind of that's what he's talking about. These things that we ingrained in our life that they're almost like a physical part of our body. That's what he's talking about. That negative stuff that you put in yourself. He says, uh, if your hand or if your foot offends it, cut it off. You know, get rid of those, cut out those bad things of your life is what he's saying. Or, you know, because it'd be better to enter life halted or maimed, you know, you're you know, it's kind of metaphorically speaking. Or, or, you know, but the casting in the fire, that's real. If you don't get rid of these things in your life, you're going to be cast into the, the everlasting fire. Nine. And if your eye offends you, pluck it out. For if it casts, see, if your foot or your hand, your hand takes, your foot takes you places. So if, you're, if, you're, if your foot is taking you places you shouldn't be going, your hand stealing things, taking things and doing things with your hand you shouldn't be, or your eye, you're looking at things and, and thinking on things or adulterous thoughts, you know, all those, cut those out of your, your life. It'd be better for you to enter life with one eye than rather having two eyes to be casted in the lake of fire. 10. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say to you, that in heaven the angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. So he's saying that he, their angels take supplications, prayers to the Father for the behalf of Christian people. 11. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. He's talking about the people that God knew that would accept salvation. How thank you if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be, go astray, does he not leave the 99 and go into the mountains and seek that which is gone astray? 13. And if so be that he finds it, truly say to you, he rejoiced more of that sheep than of the 99 which went not astray. So he's saying, you know, when, when one of God's people goes astray, God will always go after them and bring them back into the fold. That's why I'm saying if you have a reconnection with God, if you're listening to this podcast and you're reconnecting with God now, this is what's happening. God, You went astray from God, but God loved you. You're a child of God and has sent uh, things in your life you know, to bring you back to him. So let's see. 14, even so, it is not the will of your Father, which is in heaven, that one of the little ones should perish. So, you know, God doesn't want anybody to perish in hell. He doesn't want that. 
He didn't create hell for humans. It's for Satan and the fallen angels. 15. Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against you, go and tell him the fault between you and him alone. And if he shall hear you, you shall have gained your brother. He's saying if your brother makes an error, you know, if your brother makes a, a fault, and it, when he's talking about a brother in this context, he's talking about a Christian brother. Because we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. So your other Christian brother that you see going astray, then that's when you try to bring him back into the fold. And if he doesn't listen, we go into the next one. But if he will not hear you, then you take with you one or two more. That in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So there, you know, you get down to the nitty gritty. What's actually the problem, you know? And then with three people, three or four people there talking about it, you're bound to find the problem. 17. If he shall ne neglect to hear them, tell the church. But if he neglects to hear the church, let him be as a heathen and a publican, a Gentile and a, and a tax collector. 18. For truly I say to you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever loosen on earth shall be loosened in heaven. So he's talking about, you know, the forgiveness and, and you know, try to... Try to bring a Christian brother, if he's gone astray, try to bring him back into the fold. And then if he if he doesn't hear you, then you take two or three witnesses. And then if he doesn't hear them, then you take them to the church you, as a group. Try to help this person reestablish that connection with God. And if, if he won't hear the, you, and he won't hear two witnesses, and he won't hear the church, then you're just going to have to let him go because he's he's made a choice to deny God. And he's become a heathen and a publicer, a tax collector. And then he gets down to whatsoever shall be bind in earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever be loosened in earth shall be loosened in heaven. He's talking about, you know, forgiveness. If you give, have understanding and forgiveness and love, and that's what you're sharing on the earth, that's what you're loosening on the earth, it will be loose in heaven. You'll have love and forgiveness and, and all that in heaven. But if you're bound in the sin of unforgiveness, then you'll be bound in heaven in unforgiveness, and you'll end up being thrown into the lake of fire. 19. And again, I say to you that if the two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. 4. 20. 4. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. You know, uh, that sometimes gets out of taken out of context a lot. I'm not a super scholar or a super Bible theologian. But I think he's talking about the, what we just got done reading. And he was talking about coming into the the kingdom coming to God as a child, having an innocent, humble mind, you know, humbling yourself and as a child, being innocent, you know, removing the things that offend God out of your life, cutting them out of your life, you know, if a foot offends you, cut it off, if I offend you, cast it, cut it off. And it, and it, uh, you know, and the false teachers, we talked about the false teachers. And then he started talking about the, the sheep gone astray, and you know, if you've gone astray. And then he started talking about, 
you know, if if uh, your brother goes trespasses again to you, forgive him. So he's talking about a lot of forgiveness, you know, and understanding and removing things out of your life. And, and re, you know, whatsoever you bind on earth, whatsoever you lose on earth. So he's talking about, you know, forgiveness and living a life of forgiveness and love. So that way when you die and you go to heaven, you'll have a heaven of forgiveness and love. Or you can be bound in sin, and then when you die, you'll be bound and thrown into the lake of fire. Then he says, again, I say to you, if two or three you come together and agree on earth as touching anything that I shall ask, anything that, any phrase like that, he's talking about the will of God. If you're doing the will of God, yeah, he'll, everything's going to get done. If, if you and two or three people are trying to bring this Christian person, that's what he's talking about, trying to bring this Christian person back into the folds of the church, you know, the will of God will overpower, you know, will come, will prevail. And he said, when there's two or three of you together in my name, there I am in the midst. Well, you know, Christ dwells in you if you're a Christian. And when there's two or three of you there, and you're helping another person establish, reestablish a connection with God, Christ will be there. That's what he's talking about. 21, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him until seven times? And Jesus said to him, I say not to you until 70 times seven. Therefore, if the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. Now here we're going to get into a story. Now when he says, therefore, the heavenly king is likened to, to a certain king. It's, it, this is a, a similar story to how God is going to create, how God is going to uh, act when people die and, and, and all this in and, and, and our life, you know, because God forgive us of our sins and granted us salvation. Our salvation, knowing that our salvation comes from God and we can't screw it up, man, we should be thankful. We should be doing everything possible to praise God's name, to do things for God, or to work in, in God's glory, to, to promote God, to pro promote Jesus, to bring his word to the lost, to try to be the best person you possibly can. But there's some people out there that just don't want that. They don't care. They don't care if they if they seen God. Because you got to imagine there was the Israelites. They when Moses was up there at the Ten Commandments, they their mountain of God was right behind them. They seen God. They seen God, and they still denied Him. So, you know, there's people out there. If you if God showed up today and walked the streets, they'd still deny Him, because that's man's depravity. But we're going to get into this little story. It says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, which would take an account of a servant. 24. And when he began to reckon one was brought to him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Okay, 10,000 talents is equal to, oh, I would say a billion dollars. A billion dollars. It would take, I think it's, 10,000 work hours to pay that 10,000 talents. And see, the reason why Jesus used this word 10,000 talents is because in the Greek uh, money structure, number structure, the 10,000 talents things, that was the highest amount. There was no higher amount. So remember that when you read that. It means we're talking billions of dollars. I mean, impossible to pay.
25. But as for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children and all that he had in payment to be made. You know, it wouldn't equal to a billion dollars. 26. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. 17, or 27. Then the Lord of, this, of that servant was moved with compassion and loosened him and forgave him from the debt. 28. But the same servant went out, the same guy that just got a reprieve from his boss, from his, his, his uh, owner, just went out. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, a buddy that he knows, which owed him a hundred pence. A hundred pence was 600 years, I think, or 600 something days. Yeah, 600 something days of work. So a very minute amount of money. Very minute amount of money. Uh, something that could possibly be paid back. So he found him with the, let's see. But the servant went out and found the one of the servants which owed him a hundred pence, you know, 600 days worth of work. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that which you owe me. 29. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. 30. And he would not, but went and cast him in the prison till he should pay the debt. 31. So when his fellow servant saw what was done, because Whatever you do in life, someone's always watching you. Someone's always watching you, what you do in life. 31. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord what all that was done. So they went and told on him to the guy that forgave his debt. 32. Then the Lord, after that, he had called him and said to him, O wicked servant. I forgave you all the debt because you desired me. You entreated me. You begged me. 33. Should not you also have compassion on your fellow servant? You know, he's asking to have compassion and love and understanding and forgiveness. Shouldn't you have compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? 34. And the Lord was angry and delivered him to the tormentor, Till he should pay all that was due to him. And remember, that was a billion dollars. That was a billion dollars. And once they throw you in jail, how are you going to pay? How are you going to pay? So this basically means eternal, eternally. He's talking eternally. 35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you, if you... From your heart, forgive not every one of his brothers their trespasses. So that whole chapter, that whole chapter of 18, if we go back over and look, he was asking you to be converted, to be changed into a child. And, and what's a child? A child is humble. Humble yourself like a little child, he says. And then he says, if anybody offends one of these little, if anybody takes a Christian and corrupts his teaching and teaches them falsely, then woe to that guy because he's good. it'd be better for him to take a millstone, wrap it around his neck, and throw it into the cast to the deepest sea. Then he says, the things that you put in your life, you should cut them out of your life. 
Because it's better to enter life maimed or halted than to enter life having those things to cast you into hell. So cut those things out of your life. Then he says, you know, you have gone astray, and I loved you, and I went after you, and I left the 99, and I've come after you, and I rejoice because I found you is what he says. So remember that, you know, when you're out there and you feel like you're lost, you're not lost. You know, you may be thinking you're lost, but Christ is searching for you, and he's going to find you, and he's going to bring you back in. Even so, it is not the will of my Father, which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. So he doesn't desire his Christian people to fail or fall or, or anything like that. But he asks in, in 15, he asks you to forgive your brother of his trespasses, and then they say, you know, or, or your brother, you know, when your brother trespasses, if you go and you tell him, hey, look, let's let's try to reconcile this differences, difference, this argument, this problem that we have. Let's try to put it to bed. Let's get it over with so we can move on. And if he doesn't hear you, you take somebody with you. And if he doesn't hear them, then you take him to the church because you got to remember he's talking to a Christian about Christian people. And then he says, whatever you bind in heaven, you know, if you forgive, if you live a forgetful life, you forgive people and you love life, and then that's the kind of heaven you're going to be getting into. But if you uh, don't forgive people and you're bound in sin, well, you're going to have an eternity bound in, in hell. And he said, if you're, if, there's, uh, if you're two or three of you together trying to pull a lost Christian back into the fold, then Christ will be there. With you, and he says, two or three are gathered in my name. There, I'll be in the midst. When you're gathered there, trying to pull a Christian person back into the church, Christ will be there to help. And then uh, Peter asked about, you know, when my brother does me wrong, should I forgive me? He goes, yeah, you forgive him, forgive him seventy times, and live a life of forgiveness. Then he goes into that whole tale about the owing the ten thousand or ten billion dollars, and that guy's forgiven of the debt. But then the guy runs out and finds the other guy. And for the couple of hundred bucks, and then he's choking, throws him in prison, and then the king finds out, or the Lord finds out, and then he throws this guy back into prison for eternity because he can never pay the debt off. So your salvation was given to you from God. You have that in you. You have that. What you need to do is be thankful and turn your life to God and be thankful and live a life of God that, that glorifies God that brings glory to him and an honor to him and, and, and not shame and disrespect. So that's what chapter 18 was about. And uh, so we're at the end of the podcast. Looks like we're 24 minutes into it. Okay, I'd like to do the call to action now. To sign up for the prayer list today. I still haven't. Uh, Ivan, you know, I, I appreciate you signing up. I got one guy, uh, two or three people that signed up for the prayer list over the podcast. And I appreciate you guys, and I pray for you guys, and I've added you to the prayer, the prayer list. And so you can go to God's Pathway to Life.Faith to look at the prayer list, to read it, and pray for those people, and uh, help somebody else for a change. Okay, I got stickers for the podcast. If you guys like a sticker, they're kind of round stickers. You slap them on your car. They say God's Pathway to Life. The podcast, um, send me an email with your mailing address. I'll send you one. Okay, uh, I'd like you guys to start your own prayer list, write names of people you care about and their condition or their problems, and pray for those people and see what God would do for them in, in their life. Okay, I'd like to go ahead and do the prayer of salvation for people who want to turn their life over to Christ.
And you got to have a repentative life. Repent means to turn away from your sinful life and to feel sorry for that sinful life. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that my sins separate me from you. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. God raised you from the dead. I choose today by faith to invite you into my heart to take control of my life. To be my Lord and Savior, to I willingly choose to turn from sin and to turn to you. Please forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean and give me a home in heaven with you when I die. Change me and make me a new person. Help me now to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So it looks like we're getting down to the end. I invite you to church on Facebook Live Sunday morning, 11 Central Standard Time. And again, 6.30 Sunday night. And again, Wednesday night, I 7 on Facebook for search for South Heights Baptist Church. And there on video tab, you can look at past sermons. It's all great stuff. Okay, if you do come, would you put in a comment section that you're from the podcast? I sure like to see you. I'm asking if you'd like to donate to the church. I'm asking if you'd like to donate to South Heights Baptist Church. There's now a donate link on the website, godspathwaytolife.faith. There's a clickable link in the detailed description box for this podcast. Check out the detailed description box for all links and email information. Okay, that's all I have for today. Remember to say something nice to somebody you don't know because God said we were all strangers too and he loved us so. Your friend in Christ, Dave. Bye.